If you've lived almost any time in life, um, you probably can think of an experience where you've been betrayed. And, um, and if you're living really in a good place spiritually and with self-care, hopefully you've let that go, whatever that was. But I want to invite you back for one minute to the initial emotion of whatever that betrayal was and think about what that emotion was and just think about that for a second. And then I want to suggest to you today that that's where Paul is when he writes this letter. Paul is angry in writing what we heard in our first lesson today from the Galatians. And some people say that of the different letters written by Paul, that this is in some ways the most Pauline letter of them all because he's saying exactly what he thinks. He's thrown out diplomacy, he's let the filter off, and he's just going. And, um, and, and that's part of the reason why I think a lot of the innovators or reformers or people trying to move the church through the ages have really locked on to um, the epistle to the Galatians. You know, um, Martin Luther called it his pet epistle. And the early um, theologian Marcion uh, latched on to it as well. You've got these people, Wesley had a special place for it. All these different kinds of people latch onto it for that reason. Let me tell you what we're doing, what's going on with this. So we are starting today a sermon series that's going to go for six more Sundays after today where we're going to look at every verse in the book to the Galatians, the letter to the Galatians. And uh, we're, going to, we're going to hit all of them. And um, I hope you'll find it an enriching experience. I think it's important that every now and then we stop and go all the way from the first verse to the last verse of, of a book. And the summertime seems like a great time to do that. As I said earlier, I know some of you are traveling. So just if you miss, pick it up online, right? That's why, part of the reason that we have that whole ministry and why we do that. What we're going to do today is I want to set the book up and then I want to walk very quickly through the first chapter. So we're going to keep it moving. Buckle your seatbelt on this thing. Um, and the first thing is to, is to just talk about who is this letter uh, Who's it written to? I mean, like, to whom is it written? You know, it's, so it's written to the Galatians. And this is one of the areas where we talk about where scholars have a little bit of a debate going on about what that, you know, who was this group. Because on the one hand, there was an ethnic group that were the Galatians. They had invaded that part of the world some 200 and something years before that. And they still had an identity. And so if, if, if he's writing to those folks, and that's who he's talking to. They're more centrally located near the mountains um, in what we call Turkey today. If it's the Roman province of Galatia, it's more towards the Mediterranean and south. The truth is, I don't think it matters because everything, whether, whichever one of those is, it's the same words. It's the same. I don't think we lose anything in context, but that's kind of what's happening. But the next thing to know that is important is that this is a group that Paul has visited at least once, maybe twice, evangelizing, talking about the good news, talking about who Jesus is, how he fulfills the prophecy, inviting people in with God's grace and love, all this kind of stuff. He's done all that. And, um, and we get along the way that you'll, we'll see it in a, in a subsequent chapter that he says that part of the reason he went there was because of an ailment that he had. And so some people think that this took place on Paul's second missionary journey where he talks about in one place that he couldn't go on to Macedonia because of, of uh, some reasons. And so they think maybe it's this ailment. And Paul says, you know, you guys treated me so well. You treated me like an angel. 
And it actually makes him angrier because it's like, you treated me so well, but what are you doing now? Kind of a thing. And that's where I'm going to set up what the issue is in just a second. Now, just some of the raw data on the book. Um, most scholars, there's almost no disagreement. This is written by Paul. We have the text, the way he wrote it. All that stuff is, is really consistent. There's a little bit of debate about when he wrote it because it kind of depends on where he was. But the, the view that um, is, is common, and Raymond Brown, one of the scholars I love, promotes very strongly, is it's written in 54 or 55 from Macedonia to them. So that's kind of the, that's kind of the, the, the context of the basic information. What is the issue? What is Paul so angry about? So let me, let me kind of go there. So Paul went there and he spread the gospel. He did all this. But now, a- after the fact, another group has shown up. And this group, um, again, there's a little bit of debate, but it's, it's a group of Christians with a Jewish heritage who are um, coming from Jerusalem and they're entering into the scene. And Paul keeps referencing to them as the preachers. And they've got a different angle on things that we want to talk about. And the thing about it is we don't really know for sure exactly everything about who they were. And we don't know everything about what they said either because we have to figure out what they said from what Paul said. Paul, who's angry, writing this angry response, we're looking at what he said and trying to work backwards from that as to what they actually preached. And I think the beginning place for that is to, um, is to stop and realize that some really important differences, but they agreed on a lot of stuff, right? There's a, there's a, a church in town, a big evangelical church in town, that um, I've got a bunch of friends who've been there, and I've been there, visited there before, and it's like, I agree with about 90% of what they do. But, oh, that 10% drives me nuts. I think that's what's going on in this Galatians thing a little bit. Like, I think, we, I think it's too easy to step over and forget that Paul, they do have a lot of agreement, right? So Paul and them would agree that Jesus came for justification because of our sins. They would agree that Jesus uh, talks about and ultimately sends the Holy Spirit to everyone both Jew and Gentile, they're all together on that. Where they really begin to part ways is sort of on the how. Does somebody realize this or actualize this in their lives? And Paul wants to make it all about faith. And we may talk about it later, but Paul's either saying faith in Jesus or he may be saying the faith of Jesus. We'll talk about that down the road, but he's all about faith. That's the whole deal. And these guys are showing up and saying, yeah, it's faith, but it's also all of the law and the church calendar, the calendar of all the feasts. You got to get all of that wrapped up together to get the whole thing. That's what they're preaching. And they're coming in and saying, you know, that um, it all goes back to Abraham, that we've got Abraham and his wife, Sarah, and we're going to go, all of us who are free and all the Jews, we're all going down this path. And, and Abraham's meant to bless everybody. That's where we are. And then all of you Gentiles and folks have, have come through Abraham and Hagar, the slave that he's with, the servant that he's with, and down that path. But, but now that Jesus has come and all this stuff has taken place, you too can come full in on this covenant if you'll come with Jesus and if you'll get circumcised and if you'll do all this other stuff and so on and so forth. And they're kind of saying, look, I don't know what happened with Paul, but he came and gave you guys a truncated version of the gospel. And he's kind of saying, and that, that's probably why y'all are in this middle of this sin storm y'all are in. You've got all these issues with sin because you don't have the law 
to keep you out of trouble. And uh, that's kind of what they're presenting out there. And they go a little bit further to, you know, to kind of keep pushing this point. They're probably saying, oh, look, Jesus was circumcised. All the real apostles were circumcised. Uh, and Paul, they're kind of implying here, yeah, not a real apostle. He didn't really get his same, the same commission. So that's why maybe he truncated it or missed this piece. And then we turn, the camera turns back to Paul. And Paul is angry. Like Paul is really, really hacked off. Um, there are lots of other words I could use. Some, some of the tender ears in the room, I won't. But he's really, I mean, there have been theologians through the ages who thought we should be embarrassed by some of the language that Paul uses in Galatians because he's writing from that place. And, you know, sometimes we talk about how it's not a good idea to take one passage of Scripture and make a whole doctrine out of it or to proof text certain pieces. Well, my only caution that I give is, as we go into Galatians, a great book. I love this book, the passion, the energy, what he says. But he's writing from this place where he's angry and it shapes what he says and how he says it. So just remember that as you look at these verses and what you do with it, that he's writing from that place, getting back at those folks, trying to correct the Galatians on this with a lot of passion and energy, right? So that, that's a quick setup of the book. I'm gonna go very quickly today through the first chapter with some stuff that's there to kind of get us going on this. And the first thing I wanna say is, um, that's kind of important is we've done this, I think last summer when we did an epistle, is to remember that whenever these guys at this time are writing um, an epistle, it's kind of like an email. There's always going to be a format, the to, the from, you know, all those different sections. Well, in their time, every letter in the custom would have had these sections. It would have had an opening formula. It would have had a thanksgiving. It would have the body. And it would have a closing formula. Those are the four pieces that every epistle would have had. And so... We jump into it with the first five verses. I'm not going to read them because uh, Stuart did a great job and we've already, we've already done that. But he, but he starts out, the, the opening formula is the from, the to, and a greeting. And so Paul starts out by saying, Paul. Now he does a couple things that are different because Paul immediately, like he's under attack. So the first thing he's going to say is, Paul, I'm an apostle. Yet not from humans, but because God himself, you know, took me to my knees and did this, my commissions from God. So we need to start thinking about the authority with which I speak kind of a thing. So Paul is all about this opening bit, kind of explaining how he's got this authority to the Galatians. We've already talked about what that means. And then he gets to his, his greeting. And uh, on his greeting, I'm just going to read that one part. He says, grace to you and peace from God our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins to set us free from the present evil age. I mean, Paul is in, his th in this um, greeting is setting out some of the big issues. Like, it's about grace. It's not about ultimately what you're going to do earning something under the law. It's not about your efforts. You know, there's a bit of a scandal in grace because you don't, you don't deserve it. You don't earn it. It's a free gift. It's giving you something better than you deserve. That's what grace is. And we don't talk enough about it, I'm convinced, because I hear it all the time. And maybe even myself, I you know, feel like, oh, I need to be good. I need to do my bit. It's all grace. And when you, if there are two things, you're having a bad day, if you ever just stop and think about how God lavishes his love on you and how it's all about grace, that's what you need to, that's what we just need to hold and just soak in because it'll change how you interact with everyone. So he's talking about grace. 
He's talking about um, freedom and he's talking about peace. So that, that's the greeting. Now there's something, the re, part of the reason I wanted to tell you about those parts, because something kind of radical happens next. Because Paul just skips the thanksgiving. He's angry. There's a whole sermon right here, uh, kind of a weird one. Because when you're, when you're angry, you're not really able to give thanks very well. And if you're giving thanks, maybe you're not, you can't be angry, right? I know a guy who turned his marriage around by starting every day. He decided he would start every day by, by giving thanks to God for three things with his spouse. And uh, changed his whole marriage. But this idea of can you be grateful and angry at the same time. So anyway, Paul's angry. He walks right past the thanksgiving. And then we go to the body, um, starting in verse 6. And Paul starts out by saying, I am shocked, astonished at what you've done. And it may have been real subtle when you read it, but Paul doesn't just say you've fallen away from the gospel. He says you've fallen away from the one who gave you the gospel. One of the early preachers in the church, um, John Chrysostom, makes this point because he says it, Paul wants to make, you, make them understand how horrible it is. You didn't just drop away from the teaching or from the gospel you dropped away from what God gave you. You dropped away from God himself kind of a thing. And then, uh, and then it moves on from there as, as Paul continues on at verse 11 to the, to the end. And I'm going to be pretty quick with this. But Paul sets up this situation where he sets up sort of a courtroom setting. And Paul is obviously the defendant. And these preachers from Jerusalem are the accusers. And the Galatians are meant to be the judge. And then he's going to start to put on his evidence. And then he starts into it in chapter 1. And he starts out by saying, look, all of this with me, everything I told you, everything I have, it came from divine revelation. It wasn't because I went and studied with humans. I'm not an apostle because they called me into it or whatever else. It's because God knocked me off my horse, donkey or whatever it is, onto the ground on the road to Damascus. He's the one who called me. He's the one who's done all this. And, and he goes on, I mean, it's this tremendous story of persecution that he does. Y'all know the story, right? That he, he's the main persecutor of the church. He's the one there when they kill the first person for their Christian faith, Stephen. You go read it, he's the one sitting there on the sides. I mean, he's, he's like the chief persecutor of the church. And then he has this experience where God knocks him off and, and he has this experience of Jesus himself. And then he goes into training and, and has his time and then he goes off and is commissioned to be the apostle to the Gentiles. And only then, he makes the point of saying, did he go to Jerusalem to meet with Cephas or Peter and his brother and, and just those two in a limited way. And he's making, he's want, he wants them to know, it's not that I went there and, some, and learned everything. It's because I'd, I'd already gotten this training. I'd already gotten this commission, this call, this experience, all this from God. So take that on board before you kind of throw me to the side, sidelines, all right? That's chapter one, all right? And where I want to leave you with this today before we, we head back next week, a couple things. One, I really want to encourage you to pick up your Bible, if you haven't done this in a while, and read Galatians 1 this week and think about it. And the second thing I want, I want to think about is we titled this sermon series Freedom. And this book is going to talk a lot about freedom. Because from Paul's mind, he's talked about grace and freedom and all this. And these guys are now showing up the law and they want to take on all these extra burdens. And this still speaks today because church after church, person after person, me included, we have a hard time with saying, you know, St. Augustine used to say, love God and do what you want. 
Um, we all want to come suddenly get in this place where we've got all these things we've got to do. And we, we want to sort of crowd out our, what our freedom is in Christ. And, um, and I think the church in general, I'm speaking in real big general terms, has had all these issues where we have focused on things you're not supposed to do or questions about what you're supposed to do and all this. And, you know, I, there's, there's a guy named Mike Pilavachi that I, that I heard preach many years ago who said this, and I agree with him. People have gotten to where they know the church for what we're against rather than what we're for. And we, that's our ongoing thing. That's what Paul's messing with here. That's what we mess with. So part of this is we talk about the freedom and grace is coming back and saying, Let, let's talk about what we're for and what God's about, the grace and love and all this other, other stuff. And then we'll get into, it. I mean, the other stuff matters, but it's got to be in its right place. And we're going to go into it as we head into these next six weeks. Let's pray. Gracious Lord, we thank you uh, for raising up Paul as your apostle in the church to speak about freedom, grace, and love. We pray the words he spoke so long ago would speak into our hearts and uh, bring us to a deeper place with you that we may share that love with others. We pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.